You can now subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and save 20% every single time, and they'll send it straight to your door without you ever having to think about it. You don't have to have that moment when you get into the kitchen in the morning, get ready to make a fresh pot and realize that you are all out. Nope. You can set it up, and they'll just keep sending it to you no matter uh, how much you want it, how little you want it. You can do it every two, three, four, six, or even eight weeks. And again, every single time, they'll, say, they'll save you 20% off whatever product you subscribe to. And of course, you could just use that magical code DNVR20 and save 20% on a single order, or you can come down to the DNVR bar and try some Strava Craft Coffee CBD-infused cold brew. It is, it is all the rage with the DNVR staff down at the bar. So uh, wherever you do it, check out some Strava Craft Coffee today. the dnvr broncos podcast presented by msu denver online they'll put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life msu denver is the colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom their graduates use relevant degrees to land coveted jobs and actually some of our very own dnvr staff members are checking out what they have to offer and have had nothing but good things to say about the process down there at MSU Denver. So head over there. They've got 40 plus online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. If you're interested, head to msudenver.edu slash online today. My boys, what's up? RK Mace, pumped to be joined by both of you today. And we got football today, man. I just love how much football we have now. Yeah, uh, man, it is crazy seems like we're just going to keep getting more and more football on different days of the week. All of a sudden, they're t- talking about moving next week's Thursday night football game to Saturday night. I mean, it's just uh, we're all over the board here. But we don't need more football on Saturday because we have college football. That's true. That's we need, true. You know, we're, we're trying to fill Tuesday and Wednesday here. Uh, that's where we get to November and we'd be talking about some action, your classic Boise or pardon me, your Bowling Green versus Toledo type of game, you know? It's true. It's very true. Um, well, on the Broncos side of things, um, some drama. <laughs> some juice. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of juice, a little bit of drama unfolded yesterday. Uh, and I want to have a conversation about it because I believe this is a – topic that needs the nuance of conversation um this is not something that could be hashed out over 280 characters on twitter uh and i understand both sides of this so you know uh, quickly i just want to say i think a lot of places around town other than of course the place where this happened and i'll get to that 
won't want to talk about this today because it didn't happen on their platform. And that's just not really how we roll. This is what people in Broncos country are thinking about and talking about right now. So we're going to talk about it. If you didn't, if you don't know what I'm talking about yet, yesterday, Von Miller was on 104.3 The Fan uh, with um, Brandon Stokely and Zach Bai. And the, the interview got off like any other normal interview, you know, asking about his rehab. He said that he wants to play. If he has a chance, he will come back, regardless of if the Broncos are in the playoffs race or not. Uh, great answer from him that I found to be commendable. And then I got – so let me just – take you my perspective i'm listening to the interview and i'll i'll be honest with you guys i fully expected this question to be asked i was just waiting for it to be asked so then brandon stokely asks von miller in a, many words would you be willing to take a pay cut to stay with the broncos next year silence that silence <laughs> is exactly what you heard if you're listening on the radio nothing nada so Anyone who's ever listened to Sports Talk Radio knows that a lot of times the connection gets lost and then they just say, hey, we're going to call him back. We're going to write back on. To be honest, despite the fact that it was a tough question, I did not at all think – I just thought disconnect. They'll get him back in a second. And I was listening live too. Ryan, I thought the exact same thing. Did not think twice about it. So a few minutes later, they do get Von Miller back. And that, to me, confirmed, in my mind, definitely just a disconnect. But then Zach Bai rephrases the same question to Von Miller that Brandon Stokely had asked before and, you know, adds the caveat that we asked fans what, what they want to hear from you. A, a, a large majority of them asked this very question. And Von goes ice cold. I mean, ice cold. Uh, says, I don't know what you're talking about. Then Stoke tries to jump in, say it in a few different words, rephrase it, pitch it back to him. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm focused on my rehab. Okay. Boom. Zach. Next question. Right. You know, I'm thinking, okay, that was a little awkward. They're going to move <laughs> on here. Zach tries to butter him up a little bit, bring him back into the interview, asks um, what's motivating him. I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's when you knew this was going nowhere. Stoke asks another question. He hits him with an I don't know again. And then, given no other choice, Zach Bai ends the interview. Uh, and, and, and I actually also believe it's notable that Vaughn was so perturbed that when given a chance to plug what he was on there to plug in the first place at the end of the interview, he declined. And he said, no, I'm good. You guys covered it. See ya. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I mean, talk about cringeworthy. And, uh, man, that, that was something else. It was uh, very, very unexpected uh, for, for Vaughn to, to have that sort of interview. And now you have people saying, Vaughn, what were you doing that was so disrespectful? And then you have people on the other side saying, Zach and Stokely, what were you doing? That was so disrespectful to ask that sort of question. That, and, and man, you have polar opposites takes on this. Vaughn posting some things on Twitter last night, kind of not, not directly talking about this, but in a roundabout way, indirectly talking about it. You look at his mentions, people are tearing him apart. Stokely and Zach posting stuff on Twitter as well. 
people tearing them apart. People are just couldn't be on more opposite sides of this. So here's where I want to start on this, because like I said at the top, I think that this conversation cannot be had uh, without nuance. Um, and I, you know, we, the three of us, have a unique perspective of actually knowing these people, you know, a lot more than anyone else who's talking about them. And that goes for Stokely and Zach, and it also goes for Vaughn. Um, now, a lot of people talking about they were blindsiding him. They were baiting him. They were trying to get him to say something he didn't want to say. And I, that, I want to start there because I know, Sto I know Stoke a little bit, and I know Zach by very, very well. And, and I can promise you with 100% certainty that at no point was Zach by trying to bait Vaughn Miller into some sort of bad situation that he didn't want to be in he was simply asking the most pressing question surrounding Von Miller right now. Now, it's not a fun question to ask, but a lot of times when you're given an opportunity, and I don't know if they knew that he was doing a whole media tour or not, but in my opinion, I would have looked at this as, wow, this is really the only opportunity anyone's had to speak with Von since his injury. And uh, who knows when the next time anyone's going to be able to talk to him is this is what people want to know. They've got the, you know, the receipts of people asking. So, I'll get to the, to the other side of this, but I just want to start with there's, and, and I think you guys will back me up on this. Zach by there's no way that he had ill intent trying to bait Von Miller into a bad situation here. I agree. And the thing is, I know people are hung up on what has been discussed on the fan over the last year and a half to two years, the notion of, Oh, uh, would you trade Von Miller? But that, doesn't have anything to do with how you would attack an interview. What's being said on us. They're not thinking about what's being said on a station or what's even being said on their own show. You're thinking about the interview and trying to get the most out of it. And look, that question, even though it may not be what people want to hear, if there are no ground rules and believe me, if someone from USAA, which was organizing the, brief interview tour if someone from usaa had said hey uh the contract stuff you know that stuff's off limits zach and stoke wouldn't have asked that that's the one thing that we know about them they wouldn't have ambushed vaughn in that way so and they also would have had yeah. the opportunity to say okay well if that's the rule we don't want to do the interview now no, no yeah. one likely most right. people would have still taken their chance to get an interview with vaughn miller but it at least establishes an opportunity to say, hey, that's really the, the thing that we're interested in. So, you know, if that's the case, then we're not going to go there. They wouldn't have done that. But just to set the, the, the scene of when an interview like this is discussed. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that this interview was done kind of outside the Broncos sphere. If this had been a normal season, and this question had inevitably come up in Von Miller's Thursday press gathering with the media out in the box uh, that was part and parcel of covering this team before the pandemic, then I'm sure he would have gone in prepared with an answer because one thing that Patrick Smythe, Eric Schubert, Seth Medvin, the PR staff with the Broncos are so good at doing is kind of having these guys prepared for the minefield questions. So I think that kind of factored in as well to not having a response and kind of Vaughn being taken off guard from it. it. The preparation for a corporate type of interview, a corporate plan interview is different than the one that you're going to get when it's just a traditional press conference over at the Broncos facility. 
Right, right. And, and I think it was a, a very fair question, a legitimate mm -hmm. question. I don't think it was baited at all. In fact, I think they were very nice in the way they delivered the question. It wasn't just straight up, Vaughn, will you take a pay cut? It, I mean, it was clear they were trying to put as much padding around yeah. this thing yes. as they could. <laughs> yep, exactly. So I, I was not bothered by the question at all. And, and some people said, you know, well, you, you got to ask, you know, we're only in week four right now, going on to week five. Why are you asking about next year? Well, the truth is, Vaughn is seemingly on to next year. When everyone thinks of Vaughn, you think, oh, yeah, he may be able to play this year. But they got to that question with the very first question. They got his answer of if he's healthy, that he wants to play no matter what the Broncos situation is. So that was a good bit of news coming out of that interview with the first question. Well, then there are other questions you can ask. But then without a doubt, you know, outside of him being able to play the last couple of games if he's healthy, the future of Vaughn is next year. And the Broncos have that contract uh, where, where they could move on from him. And so I, I think it was a, a very fair question. And I don't think they blindsided him at all with it. Okay. So that, you know, we all come from a very specific perspective, which can be skewing in a conversation like this. We're all journalists. And, and because of that, we are going to naturally have bias towards journalists have to ask questions. So I want to try and shift our shoes into the shoes of a fan or the player. And I understand, especially from the player's perspective, why Vaughn might not like that question. Uh, it, it, first of all, it's just weird talking about your finances. Now, star players and, and big-time athletes have done it all the time. Um, but also, it's just it, it's not what he's thinking about. It's not something he wants to think about. And so I understand why he wouldn't like the question. Every time we ask someone a question, they have the right to not like it. And it happens all the time where you ask guys questions they don't like. Where I think Vaughn was very much in the wrong here is just in how he reacted to a question that he didn't like. If he would have just said, guys, not thinking about that right now. My only focus right now is getting back on the field for my team this year. Mm. I promise you, I promise you, they would have checked the box and moved on to the next question. They're not going to press him and say, well, hold on, hold on. It just wouldn't have happened. I've seen these interviews a million times, and especially because I know these two guys, I know that they're not the type of guys who are going to try and press and press and press until they got an answer on that subject. So that's where I just thought, man, Vaughn, you you've been doing this for a long time you know how to deflect a question if you didn't like the question you could have very easily just deflected it and moved on yeah and and like think about last year how many times did chris harris jr shelby harris and justin simmons get asked this type of question right it oh, felt like every at least every other week it seems like and they always answered it respectfully so I mean, I get that he like like I said, he didn't probably have the same level of preparation he would have had for a press conference over at the Broncos facility. But like you said, RK, he's done this. I mean, this is his tenth year. He should know how to handle this, how to deflect it, and move on. And if he just says that exactly what you said, that he's focused on the moment, focused on the rehab, focused on getting back by December, we are leading off with another topic today. And Guys. Broncos country isn't a flame. <laughs> 
he yeah. was so close to now when he was asked the first time by Zach by he totally shut it down he said I don't know what you're talking about well then Brandon I think rightfully comes into you know just what if he didn't know what what the question was so uh, Stokely comes in and, and clarifies it and Vaughn said a couple sentences and said I don't even think about that that just could have been the answer it could have been the answer right there and like you said Ryan they would have moved on he said I'm rehabbing I don't even think about that right now Okay, boom, go on. It's not a juicy answer, but it's an answer. The interview would have moved on, and it did move on, and it just must have you know, got, got Vaughn so upset that then, of course, the rest of the interview went to I don't knows until it was quickly shut down. Yeah, and again, Mace, you made the point. By doing that, Vaughn made it the story. And again, I don't want to only be on the other side of this, but I'm just trying to look at, all, at the, the full picture here. Because – Vaughn then responded that way and then really what made it the story is the 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 rest of the interview which he basically said f you guys I mean he didn't actually say that but that that was his response because you asked me that you get nothing else from me and on top of that it also and again this is unconfirmed but it also makes it very it, it makes it seem like on the first question Vaughn just hung up cold when they asked him the question now I still don't know. It could have just been a disconnect. It could have been a uh, coincidence. But again, it forces people to start to start asking questions of, okay, so did he hang up? That's pretty crazy. Um, is he not open to this because of that's because he had that negative a response to it? Does that mean Von Miller's not going to be a Bronco? I mean, it really just unravels the whole situation to what, you know, and, and I mentioned the easiest thing he could have said. What he really could have said that would have made positive headlines was, all I know is I want to be in Denver for the rest of my career. That stuff is going to be dealt with with, you know, Elway and my agent and all that stuff. But all I know is oh, I want to be in Denver my whole career, and I hope we figure out a way to make that happen. Well, there's a lesson here, and it what you were saying reminded me of something from – the media training that players uh, get every off season and get kind of a refresher course on from uh, the media staff over at the Broncos. And that is that ultimately you as the player, as the subject, you control the interview. The questions are coming in, but you control it because you can control it with your answers and, and you can control it by, by saying that's not something you really want to talk about right now. It's yeah. old. So we, you know, so ultimately, I mean, again, I don't, I'm like you, I don't want to kind of go straight to one side on this, but Vaughn had the opportunity to turn it into a positive or turn it to something that's just, that it's just a non-factor, a non-story, and we're just kind of moving on. And he didn't. And unfortunately, I mean, basically, it's kind of like when you're talking about a quarterback in a clutch situation and it kind of, kind of gets a little bit frazzled. You can say the same thing about Vaughn here. Yeah, I agree, and and so it's a, uh, it sucks. Uh, I I'm bummed that it happened that way. Now, again, you know, Vaughn, who knows uh, where Vaughn's at right now? He, you know, he's going through a tough time where he worked really hard this off season to get into you know what he wanted to be the best shape of his life. Then of course he gets sick, he gets COVID, that sets him back a little bit. But then he comes through, he overcomes that hill. He's ready to go. He's feeling great. And then he gets injured. And 
I think all all of us would understand if that had had an effect on where he's at mentally right now, you know. Uh, and so maybe he was a little more touchy on the subject. Maybe, you know, it's understandable for all those things. Um, so, again, and I get why fans are upset because Vaughn was put into a situation, you know, Vaughn was put into a situation where he ended up looking bad is what is essentially what people are upset about. And, of course, the fans are going to want to defend their Super Bowl MVP. And so I understand the fans on that side of things, too. I really do understand all sides of this um the one thing that that just get got to me and, and bothered me was people making the assertion that zach uh or even stoke were going out of their way to try and to try and create this situation uh and knowing zach especially i know stoke a little bit like i said i know zach a lot he is uh, the consummate professional he is flat out straight up a really good dude like as good of a dude as you'll meet uh in the media in this market and so the 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 shots at like his character or his intentions that's what got me and again I have bias there but I also have personal experience where I can tell you I promise you I promise anyone who's listening to Zach Bai is not that type of guy yeah, he's a fantastic, fantastic person, and I, I completely agree with you. I, I have his back with that for sure, and that's what's unfortunate about this is it, it people just started taking shots at everyone's character, Stokely, Zach, Vaughn, a lot of people going after Vaughn as well, and it's just unfortunate that this had to happen. And, Brian, you, you said uh, you know some people may, may think that Vaughn was put in a bad situation. What needs to be understood is Vaughn – Vaughn signed up for this interview. He was on a fallacy that's going around. Yeah, to to promote something. This this wasn't like a media thing that he had to do. He signed up for it. So I think that's important just just to take into account too. Uh, And Von Miller, how many times have we talked about this with Von Miller? Uh, About his contract and about his future. That was, you know, one of the first talking points. Did Vaughn just play his last snap? with the Broncos have we seen his last snap so you know we're we're a month past that now and of course that that's still the conversation when you talk about Vaughn yep and you know I said this in our Madden chat last night but any journalism teacher would have told you you had to ask that question in that interview you know like that was like you said if you if someone would have just asked a question about Vaughn Miller on our podcast yesterday you know with with any the logical destination where that contract or where that conversation is going is towards Vaughn's contract. And I don't know if it's a hundred percent this, and that's, you know, what a lot of people are saying on Twitter or whatnot, but I think there's a very good chance that the options are Vaughn Miller restructures, takes a pay cut or doesn't play for the Broncos next year. It's hard to imagine them playing a guy who had an eight sex, paying a guy who had an eight sack season and then missed a season due to injury. What is it? $25 million. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. That's, that, that's tough to imagine. And so again, it's a, t- it's a, it's a tough scenario. I don't think it was that tough of a question. I do think it was a tough question. Not one that, you know, if you woke up in the morning and it got to choose what questions you had to answer, not one that he would have picked obviously, but uh, it, it was, it is a really big topic around Von Miller right now. 
Uh, and it's to me very understandable that it went that way. And it's unfortunate that it unfolded the way that he did. And honestly, you know, and we can we'll probably go on circles on this all day, but if, if Vaughn actually did hang up because of the question the first time, I just wish he would have told the people with USAA or the people with the fan, Hey, I'll come back on, but don't ask me that question again. Right. You know, it, mm-hmm. and then there could have been the, um, you know, it would have been one of those behind the scenes things that we might've found out about later. Uh, but the world would have just been able to believe, Oh, they got disconnected. And, you know, uh, Zach and Stoke just decided to go a different way when the, when the interview came back, um, you could have, you know, maybe had to read between the lines a little bit and come to your own conclusions, but either that or before the whole thing set up, it, Hey, I, don't, I just don't want to talk about my contract. Right. Right. And it's mm-hmm. unfortunate because there's no, there's truly no bad guys in this situation. They're all three very good people. And it's just unfortunate now that, that so many people are taking shots at them. It's true. And, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, Vaughn, you know, most people know this, but Vaughn is a, a great dude as well. Uh, and he's, you know, he, he's human. Uh, and, Clearly, the question upset him. Whether we think, you know, he should be able to handle that question or not doesn't matter other, because the question did not sit well with him. And he's human, and he had a human reaction, which was to shut down, and people do that all the time. So while he is a public figure and while, you know, I think it is understandable to hold him to a higher standard, it's also important to understand that he's human. He had a human response. He very well could be just you know in a tough place right now because he can't be out there with his guys so that has to be understood as well exactly exactly and and i think it is important to not put this out over twitter and 240 characters but have this conversation <laughs> for sure yeah absolutely okay uh, other conversations that need to be had with the broncos how about drew Locke? <laughs> i saw him throw a football it looked okay <laughs> And I didn't see any grabbing of the shoulder after he threw. Mace, you were there. How did it look? Yeah, that, that's the first thing I was looking for, to see if there were any visible signs of discomfort. And obviously, we're a long way away, but we've got Zoom on the, on the old camera lens. We've got binoculars uh, to check it out. Didn't see him wincing at any point. Didn't see him grabbing for the shoulder. So th- those are all positive signs you can probably dissect the throw a, a little bit and maybe maybe you see a little bit of difference but the other thing that uh, I liked from Drew Locke from what I saw from the throws because he had more than just that one throw that I put out on social media the problem is the time to shoot quarterbacks throwing passes was so limited that that was his only throw during that particular window so the throw it yeah, will forever yeah. be known as the throw. Yeah, got <laughs> got everyone a little bit excited, but uh, there there was plenty of velocity, plenty of zip on the on the passes that he was throwing. You know, he he had had the rollout like you saw there. There were some uh, traditional dropbacks. It doesn't mean he's going to be ready for Sunday because they may try they may try to ease him back, but it's a positive indicator. And I think the other thing now that we're just waiting for guys is whether he's out there again today, because the next step in that is how do you feel when you wake up the following morning? And that's where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk a little bit about media training. Do you think there's any, uh, you know, the fact that he threw one pass didn't grimace all that stuff, you know, I, <laughs> I think that could be, if you want to put a little tinfoil hat on, you say, okay, well, he, they knew he could throw 
one pass without you know hurting himself and they wanted to send a just send something that might land in new england later in the day um mm-hmm. i thought that maybe that 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 could be in play there which is like yeah you know drew just go out there throw a pass make sure you don't grimace make sure you look just look normal and uh i'm sure uh coach belichick will see that by the end of the day and then i mean vic vic talking about how what he was going to do in practice was so ambiguous i mean it was he's going to practice he's going to throw some uh and then we'll just judge the rest of practice based off that so that may have been his only pass and there's also a chance that he took every single first team rep all of practice (laughs) (laughs) yeah that one seems unlikely but i get where you're going with it um so to me it made a massive difference in my belief of whether or not drew uh drew can play on sunday where are you guys at compared to where you were yesterday when both of you i thought seemed pretty low on the scale of you know zero drews doesn't play at all 10 he's definitely starting if he didn't practice yesterday, I would say there's no way he's playing. So it gave me some hope, and, and it, it kept that chance alive that he plays. Now, I need to see what he does today. Does he do more? Does he do less? Does he do the same? How is he progressing? I still think when push comes to shove that it'll be Brett Rippon because they don't want to push Drew too fast. And like May said yesterday, it's typically that two-week window where guys slowly come back. So that's where I'm at now, but I'll say – 65 35 35% that he plays hmm. all right I would say this I think now the window is open to where you're not starting Drew Locke but it's possible that he's active and can go in an emergency oh no I don't like that <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think it's Mackay Becton 2.0 I don't I, I think if he had to I think we're at the point where you might be able to say if he had to, he could go out there for part of the game in an emergency. The question would then be, okay, what do you feel more comfortable with? Do you feel more comfortable with Drew Locke working his way back from injury and being there if something happens to Brett Rippon? Kind of like, for example, remember back in 09 when Chris Sims got the start for Kyle Orton, who'd been hurt the previous week in Washington. But Sims was so bad that Orton, I believe on a bum ankle, went out there and played that game against San Diego. Something like that. I think that that sort of scenario is something that may be opening up here. But I still expect Brett Rippon to start. And I would say, as far as Drew Locke, starting on Sunday, I'm still pretty low. I'm probably about 20%. And so, Ryan, what, what are your percentages? What would you put him at? Yeah, um, I went way up yesterday, um, and I was already higher than you guys. I was probably at about 20% going into yesterday um, because I thought that there was a chance that he could just come back late in the week and, they'd put, and they would still start him because he's uh, that much of an upgrade. Um, so I, I'm up at, like, probably 60-40 he starts. There wow. we go. Yeah, I I really do think that the Broncos see a big opportunity here. I think Drew Locke, you know, maybe more than anyone, Drew Locke sees the opportunity here, which is the Broncos can get back to two and three with a home game against the Dolphins following that. And so even though he might be pretty sore today, I think he might tell them that he feels fantastic today um, to try and help his case to get in there and play on Sunday. Uh, and it, it, there is a pain tolerance thing to this. And there is, you know, the – 
it's a it's kind of become a dirty subject when it comes to talking about the NFL, but get out the needle, put it in the shoulder and, and go play. I, I, I don't, I think Drew is going to be the person who wants that to happen. Yeah. And I just really wish, and, and I wonder if he'll take a step back and say, okay, th- this is probably the best thing for the Broncos if I go out there right now, but it, let's say the pain is bad enough. It may not be the best thing for me to go out there and be playing at 70% if he's that low and put bad film out there because we know that the rest of this season, yeah, it would be awesome if the Broncos got back into the playoff mix, but still the number one goal in my mind is find out what you have in Drew. Last thing you want is to be uncertain because of him being wishy-washy with an injury. And we also know that Broncos fans aren't going to give him any sort of uh, free pass. Right. If he goes out there and plays on Sunday, oh, well, he was hurt. Right. No, that's not how it works around here. <laughs> People expect if you're out there, I don't want any excuses. It's very true. Uh, and that's probably not um, unique to Broncos fans, but just football fans in general. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to play. Uh, and I especially think he's going to play if this game gets moved back, which a lot of people yesterday were speculating that it would. Uh, and that brings me to the last piece of news we have to talk about here. Uh, no new positives from the Patriots today. Uh, that's good news. I just I'm, – I'm very curious to see how the NFL handles this because they saw, like, right in front of their faces last week how none of this really matters. <laughs> like, how – so, Stephon Gilmore tests positive yesterday, and the game is on Sunday. But last week – uh, Cam Newton, his test comes down on what was it, Wednesday? Uh, Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So Saturday and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, three days later, you've got another positive. And you can just see the chain reaction here of how this stuff happens and how just waiting a few days and getting a bunch of negatives doesn't necessarily mean you're out of the woods. Well, here's what's interesting. Apparently, uh, Adam Schefter was on uh, doing a radio appearance, uh, I believe up in um, – just looking at where the, uh, the market is – up in Philadelphia. And according to someone who was listening, Cam Newton Stephen, and Stephon Gilmore had dinner on Friday night. And then Cam had the positive test, and yet – Gilmore still got on the plane, even though he had dinner with Cam Newton. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that's not good. And then obviously exposed everyone else uh, around him, even though Cam wasn't there, but uh, Gilmore mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And that's what, and so let's, let's assume this. I mean, they, so they, you know, they end up not getting on the plane and not flying out to until Monday. And they put the players that had, had contact with Cam Newton on the same plane. Now, one thing that, I've just just been reading about and what we're seeing from the airlines is that they are basically filtering those the air on those planes to within you know a millimeter of its life basically so planes are actually I mean I hate to say one of the safer places but the filtration is a lot better than you'd see say just in a in a typical room at a facility or a restaurant or wherever and also I think they were they said 20 players were on one plane together that's a big ass plane. That's a seven six seven. That twenty people are on. You can get pretty good distancing for twenty guys on a single plane like that. So then the question becomes: Okay, uh, the 
point of contact for Gilmore with other with teammates would have been and others would have been in that Kansas City game on Monday night. The thing is, the average time it takes for enough viral load to show up to where a positive test happens is five days. And that means you could be talking about positives happening on Saturday in Saturday's round of tests. I mean, yeah. I don't think we're out of the woods yet on this, guys. No, we're, we're, we're not out of the woods. And just looking at the Titan situation and mm-hmm. what goes on there, I mean, more positives today. I have no idea what needs to happen in order for the NFL to cancel a game, postpone a game, <laughs> move that game. Because if they're not doing anything with that game, then right now, I don't think there's any chance that there – I shouldn't say any chance. Uh, I, I don't think this the Broncos game's getting moved at all if they're, if they're pressing on with the Titans game. Now, obviously, if there's no more positive tests, then this game will absolutely be played on Sunday. But, I mean, I even thought earlier, if it was just one more positive test, then the game's really in jeopardy. But <laughs> what's going on with Tennessee and the NFL not doing anything yet? I'm not comfortable saying that. I mean, we yeah. literally might be learning of a, of a postponement on this on Sunday morning, perhaps. It's very possible. Yeah. Uh, any, anything is on the table here. And I just want to go back to what you said about Stephon Gilmore. And this was my biggest fear when it came to football specifically. Football players are so all in. And all athletes are. But the reason I say uh, I make this point is because Stephon Gilmore knew that he had a long, if that's true, that he had elongated contact with Cam Newton, which very much increased the chances of him having it if Cam had it. Right. Now, in golf, which is very different from football, but in golf, we've seen many times now where someone's caddy gets it. And not only does the player pull out of the tournament, but the players that they played the practice round are pulling out of the tournament. And they're just saying like, hey, we're being extra cautious here. But Stephon Gilmore and probably the Patriots organization knew that they had absolutely no shot at winning that football game if they didn't have Gilmore out there. And, and really their chances went down significantly when they didn't have Cam. But instead of saying out of an abundance of caution, which is something you've heard in golf like a hundred times this year, we're we're going to keep Stefan Gilmore home. They decided, hey, well, if he's testing negative, he can go. And that's just like a football mindset that I think is out there, which is just like we're not going to we're not going to just just not play just to be cautious. Uh, we're going to need a reason, uh, and that is just concerning to me on on many levels when it comes to this. Which is like, man, you need you sometimes just need the abundance of caution, even if it turns out that he never ends up getting it, you know? Yeah. Yep. I I totally agree because I want the long play here with this NFL season, not the short play. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, we are going to, of course, get to the questions from the listeners here in a sec, but first it's the DraftKings pick of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Fellas, what do we got? Oh, man, I I wanted to do this today because it is time-sensitive for my pick of the week, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, the Thursday night football game tonight. Bucks going into Chicago. 
Bucks are a three and a half point favorite. Guys, do you know which way I'm loving on this one? Well, I mean, the Bucks have an injury list that is a mile long right now, especially among the pass catchers. So are you actually thinking about the Bears? No, he's not. Absolutely not. They still have Tom <laughs> Brady. So give me the Bucks and three and a half. The the Bucks seemingly, you know, there's they they have their highs and lows, and seemingly every week they hit their highs, they hit their lows, but uh, they're hitting more highs than lows. So give me the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road tonight, three and a half points. Tom Brady beats whatever quarterbacks playing for the Bears. Nick Foles, but real, uh, quick, real yeah, quick question: uh, What do you have as a score prediction for this game? Oh, that I have no idea. I'll go uh, 27-17. Okay. Go ahead, Mace. Okay. Well, if the point I was going to make is while their receiving core is decimated, Tom's security blanket right now is Scotty Miller. And Scotty does know all about having synergy with Tom Brady, and he's supposed to play tonight. And so that might be all that TB12 needs. I'm shocked that Tom Brady has synergy with a small white wide receiver. Um, Out of the Mac, no less. I mean, uh, Julian Edelman was fr- is, is from Kent State, and Scott Miller is from Bowling Green. I mean, th- the only difference between Scotty Miller and, and Julian Edelman is that Scotty Miller was actually a college wide receiver, not a college quarterback. Miss, were you but making a... the same guy? <laughs> Mace, were you slyly making a reference to the song Scotty Doesn't Know? Of course. Yes, he was. Yes. <laughs> wow, impressive. I'm glad you caught, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> um, Mace, what's your score prediction? For, well, give us your DraftKings. Well, either order. Your DraftKings <laughs> pick of the week, but also your score prediction for this game. Okay, my score prediction is Tampa Bay 21, Chicago 20. Oh, oh, okay. Ah, yikes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's going to be a little bit of a white knuckler. And you know what? It'll be Tom Brady, Scotty Miller in the last minute getting the Bucks the dub. Oh, man. Well, I just uh, you just gave me a reminder to put Scotty Miller in on my fantasy team, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Now, my pick of the week, I've got my go-tos. I've got the Green Bay Packers or I've got the Atlanta Braves on the over when they're the, for the opposing picture, the over on strikeouts. Well, the Packers are off this week, which means I've got to go with game three of the NLDS between the Braves and Marlins. Sixto Sanchez, he's got an over-under on strikeouts of four, of four and a half. He's pitching for the Marlins, so I've got to go with the over. I mean, hey, I love Ronald Acuna, but Ronald Acuna alone fanned four times yesterday in the Braves' 2 nothing win in game two of the NLDS over the Marlins. So. Wow, that would be an amazing nickname for a guy who had an extra toe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. You know what? I wa- Sixto Sanchez. I, I wonder if uh, the Marlins have thought about uh, this little marketing opportunity because not to, you know, you go, you go down US 1 on the overseas highway from, the, from Miami to Key West and Ernest Hemingway's home is there and I've, I've toured it. And to this day, you have, six-toed cats they're all part of the same lineage wow there you go and and so you see them like you're you're taking a tour of the house and you know and all of a sudden one of the six-toed cats is going to hop up on the bed you and they're just walking around they're just part they're part of the tour they're interacting with the with all all the all the tourists going through the halls of ernest's of 
Papa's old home. So, you know, maybe you have six toe with the six toed cats. I mean, they're missing out on something here. Wow. Right, right. I can already see the shirt. It's like a cat, but it like has his jersey on or something. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for helping me with my pick of the week because I was already leaning one way on it. And both of you confirmed my feelings on it. Uh, my pick of the week is Chicago Bears team total under 20 and a half tonight. Zach, you said 17. Mace, you said 20. I think it's even going to be less than that. I think it's going to be probably 13 or 16 points uh, for the Bears tonight. I just I don't see it with that offense uh, when it comes to racking up points. If this is going to be a close game, uh, I believe it's going to be a close game in the, you know, 17, 18, 19 to 20, 21, 22 mm-hmm. type of game. So who who wins? What's your score? Uh, I've got Bucks twenty four to thirteen. Yes, yes. In that case, I would hit my <laughs> pick of the week too. So hoping for strikeouts, and we're hoping for a low scoring Bucks win. Yeah, Mace is like uh, emotionally hedging though because <laughs> yes, he is. he's not really hoping for those strikeouts, but he does like being right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping the Bucks win comfortably. So basically, maybe there's something here psychologically about me being negative when I'm literally suggesting that you bet against my teams today. Yes, <laughs> it's very true. Uh, quickly, a shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. I mean, you guys know what it is. It's damn good beers. Uh, And it's Thursday, which is the new Friday, which means it's time to crack open some ice cold damn good beers tonight. Uh, Might I recommend the new Palisade Peach Beer from Breckenridge Brewery? Ooh, it is delicious. The kings of adding fruit to beer, but but not just that. I mean, if if you're one of those no fruit and beer purists, I vehemently disagree with you but hey there are plenty plenty of other options from breckridge brewery and they are all off the charts good so make sure you head down to your local liquor store head down to your local grocery store or if they're not there you can find them on the breck brew locator get some breck brews this weekend and make sure to check out Chevalier Mortgage. Virginia and Mike Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a part of our family. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do so. And most importantly, Get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely to be one of the largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider the full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options as they will look at everything. So make sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. All right, let's get into the questions from the listeners. And the first one here comes from Yellow Mustard. Uh, 
With the season potentially in jeopardy, I can't help but wonder if a loss last Thursday would have been best. If the season would have ended after this weekend, the Broncos would have had the number two overall pick. But right now they sit at number 10. Is there a scenario where the Broncos make decisions based on this possibility, something like keeping Locke off the field for an extended period of time? One, no. 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 Yeah, no. Uh, but there's, I, another th- and there's another thing here. If the season were to end right now, there's no way they are determining the draft order based on records at this point. At, think back to when the NHL had its lockout year back in – back in 04-05 and the draft the year after the lockout was based on a formula that involved records over the previous I believe four seasons and playoff appearances and so forth so if they cut the season off even halfway through I don't think they're simply taking the where the team stand and saying okay that's the draft order so what do you think they would do I think it would be it would be a combination of probably records over maybe a two year span, maybe a three year a three year span, and then I do believe that uh, they break teams into tiers and probably have lottery a lottery system among those tiers to determine uh, maybe determine where teams go. Maybe you have say four tiers of eight teams, and then there's lotteries within those tiers of eight. Wow, wow, that would be the first time in a while that the Broncos would be a first-tier team. <laughs> oh, yikes. But, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Broncos would definitely – if it, even if they did the last four years, mm-hmm. uh, the Broncos would definitely be in the conversation for the, uh, the top of that lottery. Maybe yeah, that's so, how the NFL would brand it. They would say the post-Peyton Manning records. Yes, however – yeah. <laughs> Um, that nine and seven would hurt them, though. Damn yeah. it, <laughs> Well, if you say four years, then you're saying that this the part of this season plus the previous three, which means you get the five and eleven year in there, which is helpful for this sort of cause. Right, this which means one and three. Broncos, man, I would guess they would be in the top four of that. Yeah. I believe so. They're they're right there with the. Uh, they're not where the Browns are, but I think they're right there with the New York Jets, about the same record. In that span the browns have had a worse record than the broncos over the last uh three years combined well remember they had that winless season <laughs> yeah and oh, they, they, they you're still you've still got the entire hugh jackson era okay. incorporated into that time span so yeah they changed coaches so freaking often that it feels like it has to be longer than that it seriously does yeah man. Next one coming in from why does it say paper jam when there is no paper jam? Very interesting. Would you Wait, rather what? be really, really? Oh, what, what, that, what is it? That's from office space, right? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. Would you rather be really, really big or really, really small? Think giant versus pixie. Also, what do you think a dinner conversation between Fangio and the hoodie would be like? How big is really, really big? Giant. giant. <laughs> so like, like, 40 feet tall? Yeah. Um, 10 feet tall and like. Okay, so let's say 10 times bigger than you are now or 10 times smaller than you are now. Okay, so 10 times bigger, I mean, that would be, you know, I'm I'm five foot five, so that would be a, that would be 65 inches and then 650 inches. I mean, well, yeah, that's, that's like, that's like 50 feet tall. Uh huh. 
more more than that actually that's i think like 50 54 feet tall you just you can't do that one you you can't do that why not you can't you will never be able to go inside anywhere (laughs) you just you you can't you have to you have to take the small one but you want you could literally get stepped on and killed. <laughs> That's well, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the thing is, if you're 54 feet tall, you've probably got a, a nice, uh, you know, you've you've got a nice stride. I'm pretty sure that uh, at that height, you could reasonably walk to a warmer climate when it got cold in the winter. So you could walk <laughs> to Florida. Oh my god! <laughs> I can see this being covered on the local news. Like, oh, yep, and uh, the giant. <laughs> Giant Andrew Mason is migrating to Arizona. <laughs> There's like passerby waving and I seventy is closed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they'd have they'd have to keep you away from the forest because they wouldn't you know, that that's sort of the hard thing. I mean we you know, you would you have to find a find clearing a, a clearing in order to walk all the way there. That's the only thing. Or you know, think about this. When you get close to the water, you basically you could kind of just walk in the ocean. I mean, you're fifty-four feet tall. I mean, so your your feet are going to be commensurately sized. Uh, you know, you could probably you could probably walk in about uh, you, you could you could literally walk in you know in thirty foot deep waters and you're just up to your waist. But but you'd be naked the entire time because there are no clothes that fit a fifty five. Oh tall come on, human! You, they made, it, they yeah. made American flags that are a hundred yards long. They can make some clothes. <laughs> for 50 and foot no one would happen make is one set of clothes disagree the the novelty of it means that if you're the only giant there would be somebody who basically just wanted their brand on there nike would do that just for the the branding of having the swooshes Uh, all over giant me so (laughs) um there's a there's a big thing at play here if you're the giant you are literally in the public eye 24 7 yeah um like and like you're just like walking down the street everyone can see you everyone's looking at you you're famous every person knows who you are if you're the i don't even know like the tiny thing you're if you're tinkerbell yes um you're you're known of like there was like a tlc special on you but <laughs> no, like no one ever sees you um because you're so tiny so like if if someone sees you in public it's like a thing but it's it would be completely different you'd be a lot more under the radar uh i just think that has to be considered here i i'm going with giant um (laughs) i just don't i can't i don't want to live in a world where i have to watch out for people's feet or else i Mm -hmm. might get crushed well there's also also a job for you if you're a giant i mean the New York Giants would finally have a mascot. Wow. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You'd be very – you would just – I got to remind you guys, you would not have a home. You would have no place to live. You would not be protected from the weather. No, you would, they would literally build a skyscraper with no floors in it that you can live inside. <laughs> well, if, if you work for the Giants, I mean, basically, they'd probably uh, let you hang out in the field house. Or just the stadium. You have yeah. a, they have like a, a rollout bed that covers the, the field in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, you'd be set. Wow. All right, that's a good conversation. Next one coming. So in. are you? So are you taking the tiny? Yes, absolutely. I like creature comforts. I don't want to be killed with weather outside. All right. 
<laughs> Next one from H Town Bronco. Just listened to 104.3 The Fan Interview with Von Miller. Man, that was very hard to listen to. Very cringeworthy. Sadly, he basically said he's gone next year as he will not restructure. I get it. Makes me sad, but I get it. However, I was very disappointed with how Vaughn handled the rest of the interview. I understand the anger at the question, but you still, you're the face of the Broncos, my guy. Come on. It was nice knowing the Super Bowl MVP while we had him. Loved everything he brought to the city and everything about him. That interview all but confirmed that he has played his last in orange and blue. And this is exactly what we're talking about. You know, like, I actually don't think it's that extreme, but – that's the, the those are the seeds of doubt that he planted across across Broncos country with that reaction, and that's unfortunate. Um, I I really don't think it's that black and blue, uh, black and white though. Um, I think that he probably does end up taking a pay cut and staying in Denver. Yeah, and and right now that's what I would guess as well, just because of all the other options out there or lack of options out there. H Town Bronco also says also him hanging up on live air was a savage move. LMAO. Yeah, it certainly seems like that. That's what happened. It certainly does. Next one from Denver, 24758. 24, oh, like 247 Von Miller, maybe. No, it's mm. Denver Champ Bailey, John Elway, oh, Von yes. Miller. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Not a big ice cream fan, but when I do eat ice cream, I'm with Zach on the bubblegum ice cream. It's one of the oh. best, and you got to be prepared to eat the gum. <laughs> you guys are it. psycho. <laughs> yeah, this is – I'm getting the same reaction that Elaine Bennis had on Seinfeld when she saw people eating donuts and candy bars with knives and forks. It's, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by this. The idea of wanting gum in your ice cream is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Oh, it's been too long. It, places don't sell it like they used to. Uh, exactly. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Everyone else uh, is wrong. Yeah. From Buckeye Bronco, fellas, 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 I need a favor. Next time you interview Brett Rippon, step one, tell him to go to a mirror and look himself in the eyes. Step two, say to himself, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Then watch him go off against the Patriots. Trust me, it will work. Ha, ha, ha. Mace, thanks for the assist on the previous Mike Myers reference. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Brett just embodies what you want as a backup quarterback, and that's someone to understand their role, and that's exactly what he said yesterday. He said, I'm – uh, you know, I understand my role. This is Drew Locke's team. Some people may want a guy that's, you know, more fiery and and going to say, I'm going to take this job, but – if Drew Locke turns out to be the guy, then Brett Rippon truly is the perfect backup. Uh, next one's from why does it say paper jam when there's no paper jam? Sorry, RK. I know your pals with Zach by, but the way he asked Vaughn that question about the pay cut was not cool. I'm team Vaughn on this and I'm not a Vaughn apologist by any means. The guys over at the fan have a history of incendiary takes and actions, including a near constant narrative about trading Vaughn. No wonder he got pissed. If someone asked you about taking a, a pay, pay cut while you're uh, rehabbing, and trying to get back to your Hall of Fame level, would you be a little salty? Don't stand with these cats, RK. You're better than that. It's not only about the question. It's about the tone in which it was asked. He had this kind of flippant, shock-talk air about him, as if the man's livelihood was just fodder about the interview. Bai has a huge ego and more often imbues his questions. These people aren't stories. They're people. And the reason that station is so sullied and tarnished is that they sell advertisements based on treating players as commodity. Don't be that guy. Look – 
as I said at the top, there's a lot of different ways to view this, a lot of different opinions on this. I just, I, I really disagree. Um, and I, and I actually think the exact opposite about, uh, the way that the question was asked. I thought it was very clear that they were trying to deliver the question, which they felt had to be asked in the softest way possible. Am, am I, am I off there? Nope, I I totally no. agree with you. I thought uh, I thought they they really buttered up the question all three times it was asked. Yeah. Uh, so again, I I don't think mm-hmm. it was unprofessional uh, it, at all. But I understand that there that there's a lot of people that view it um, the the other way. But what one thing that I oh, man I don't think it's fair for people to say, well, would you take a pay cut? Would you feel comfortable talking about this, you know, uh, on, um, in the public, there's a huge difference between, uh, professional athletes and non-professional athletes. Those guys, that's, that's part of the gig. You know, when when they sign up for that, they know that this stuff is going to be talked about. We talk about their contracts. Uh, it's not something that you do with what 99% of Americans is, is, is like that, but that is part of the gig. So uh, they are in a different sphere with that. Also, like, I wouldn't normally talk about this, but because the question was literally asked of um, how would you feel if you were asked to take a pay cut? Now, it's a little different being asked by the media, but, you know, th- this is a startup, <laughs> and I have been here from the very beginning. I have taken many a pay cut uh, for the betterment of the eventual goals of the company. So, uh, you know, luckily we're long past those days now, but um, I, to- I, I, I guess I come from a slightly different perspective here. Now that doesn't mean that Vaughn isn't going to be willing to take a pay cut. It's, I realize this is about the question being asked, but it's something that happens all over the world, especially in small business uh, and in startups, people have to take pay cuts for the betterment of the eventual goals all the time, even though they might be underpaid for what their value is. Um, so I, I get it. Look, I, I totally get why Vaughn didn't like the question. I totally get why people are on his side. Um, I just, I, I, I think you're, you're off when you, when it comes to your perspective on Zach by, if you spent, uh, like any amount of time with him personally, your uh, opinion would change of him. Full 180. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Love Thunder down under. Going right back to the well here. Brandon Stokely and Zach Bye versus Rusty Spoon, who has a higher emotional intelligence and intellect. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's mean. Spoon's got minus 175 on this with a heavy swing in the last 24 hours. Von Miller's a man that is no doubt struggling deeply with his sense of being and what he wants to accomplish in life. This is most obvious in his interactions he's having with media at the moment. Why wouldn't he be? Bad question, bad timing, inappropriate. Nothing to be legitimately gained. Embarrassing tone in which the interview was conducted. If you listen to the whole interview, uh, which I made sure to do before harpooning them both, they speak largely in a passive-aggressive way the entire time, complimenting Vaughn while also inferring on a few occasions that he's largely done in Denver, particularly when Vaughn is off the phone. That man has given plenty to the community and city of Denver and deserves respect, particularly when you're interviewing him. The whole event was made significantly worse by the Twitter fest afterwards. Stokely's going at it with his all caps facts many hours later. We have mostly come a long way in talking about mental health and being more encouraged, uh, enraged, engaged with it. Sorry. Uh, This is an example of people totally ignoring the emotional state of another human. 
for no legitimate benefit to the public or anyone. The question has no genuine value at all to anyone other than glorifying hot takes. Bad drama is now confirmed. Rusty Spoon has it in a landslide. DraftKings has made huge money on this one. I'm shocked that people uh, feel that strongly about it. Like I said, I, I, I get all sides of the argument, but I feel like there's a lot of nuance missing in this. Also, I, like I said at the top of the show, or in the first segment, I, I think it is fair to, um, to now wonder if Vaughn is going through some stuff. But I don't know if that's something that you would have been thinking about before the interview. I just don't know because I, uh, I didn't get the call from USA Today to interview Vaughn Miller. But am I wrong, guys, in, in feeling like you wouldn't have thought going into the interview, oh, Vaughn – my, is is struggling mentally right now? No, and, and no, I I don't think uh, I I don't necessarily agree with that. And it, if he was, then you know, should he be going on, on a media tour? That that's you know probably more on him. I think maybe the question, the way I would have asked, I would have said, hey, you know, obviously you're focused on rehab, but. Uh, you know, are there moments where you allow yourself to think about to what comes beyond this with your contract and all that? And odds are he probably would have said, eh, no, I'm focused on right now. And and that would have been the end of it. I would hope. You never know. Might have Even that phrasing might have struck him incorrectly. Yeah. And um, I'm surprised by people's um, interpretation of tone, although anyone who has ever been in a relationship – knows that tone can be in, interpreted in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I get, like, I, I, I don't see that tone. I didn't see a, uh, I think he used the term passive-aggressive tone. I didn't catch that at all. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I, I, I've been in many situations where I, I thought a tone was one way, someone else thought the tone was another way. It, I, uh, that happens. But I didn't think the tone was was trying to bait him and here's the other thing that I will say is if this situation didn't happen if Vaughn just deflected the question or whatever I don't think people would be trying to dissect the tone of the interview as much no I I I totally I totally agree and if your significant other uses a tone with you about your teeth (laughs) I got just a place for you to go that's Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us they're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver a longtime DNBR partner they show us the love so make sure to show them some love as well and on top of all of that They've got a fantastic deal going on. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush, the best toothbrush out there to help promote the best teeth cleaning possible. They'll give that to you if you just go take care of your teeth. So make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. And also head over to dnvrgolf.com to get in on our WGT uh, country club that's right you go to dnvrgolf.com download the wgt app it's the most popular golf game in the world and then go into country clubs and join dnvr3 all caps no space number three and get in on all the fun every weekend uh mostly every weekend we're doing a tournament that you can get in compete against your fellow dnvr family members compete against us 
all that good stuff. WGT, the best golf app in the world. Check it out today, dnvrgolf.com. All right, you guys ready for some speed questions? First one coming in from Eric Sickler. While I, agree, while I agree the NFL has made a mess of things and certainly deserves criticism, they aren't the only contributing force here. The NFLPA is equally complicit in their COVID plan or lack thereof and deserves equal blame. Well, they did agree to it, uh, but, yeah. uh, I mean, who was pushing for uh, more – more stringent requirements going into this process. It was the NFLPA, not the NFL. Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, blame certainly needs to be on the NFLPA as well, I think. Right. And the players for not, you know, they need to protect themselves, especially the Titans. And the fact that the NFL and NFLPA did eventually come to an accord on these protocols means that the NFL is perfectly within its rights, rights to drop the hammer on Titans players for working out. Yep. Because you signed I also, on. I also think if they're going to make the Titans forfeit games, mm-hmm. they should consider making the Titans organization pay the game checks of the other team's salaries. Exactly. I mean, if there's no game with the Bills, if that's a forfeit, I mean, shouldn't they owe Stephon Diggs, for example, $900,000? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, from C. Fillmore72. Dear Mighty Three, greetings from the UK. I got into the NFL at age 13 when it began uh, to get regular scheduling on free-to-air TV here in the UK. This was in 1985, the season of Super Bowl XX and the all-conquering Bears. But I picked the Broncos as my team and have enjoyed the highs and lows in the intervening years. The reason for the nostalgic preamble is that watching Josh Allen go about his business in recent weeks, he is really reminding me of a young John Elway. His size and physique, his cannon arm strength, his passing choices, the way he scrambles, it's all giving me a sense of deja vu. Do you agree, Christopher? Yeah, I, I do, certainly. And, and that, that was why uh, the, a little surprise that John didn't like Josh Allen. He had the opportunity to draft him at number five overall. I think yeah. he did like Josh Allen. He didn't want to like Josh Allen because he was afraid of doing the same thing in back-to-back drafts or in back-to-back quarterback picks. But at the same time, they were around him for a week. At the Senior Bowl, I mean, they had they were around him and Baker Mayfield. I mean, they did everything to set it up to where the Broncos had the maximum amount of time with the top quarterbacks down there, and they really liked Baker Mayfield, but uh, were cool on Josh Allen. I mean, the only the guys they were looking at quarterback were Mayfield and Darnold. It was uh, hard. It was hard to come away from that Senior Bowl really high on Josh Allen, just because Baker was so much better than him. And just had the charisma, too, and, and just seemed like he was the guy to lead mm-hmm. a team. Yep. Yep. Like, I, I think I wrote in a story, like, when, when he walked into the room, like, everyone stopped and looked at him, Baker, not Josh. Right? Yeah. Right. But, but Josh did get better over the course of the week, too. I mean, that's the one thing that I think, uh, in retrospect, maybe would have been worth investigating a little more. But I digress. Speed round goes on. Manning's forehead. In my travels to New Zealand and Australia, I've tried both Marmite and Vegemite, and I can confidently tell you there is no difference. Both taste like dog ass. Good luck, boys. <laughs> How would you know what dog ass tastes like, though? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know how he knows that. Uh, oh, I have questions. <laughs> well, so do the people. You want to read this this next one too, Mace? Sure. Maybe the dango ate your baby. If you're running through taste tests, when is dishwasher salmon being added? On another note, what is this team going to look like in 2021 when we bet when we basically get an entire starting squad 
of Pro Bowlers back. I mean, t- dishwasher salmon just tastes like really good salmon. I, <laughs> there's no taste that's to be had, although I, I really have been uh, wanting to make it for Zach sometime. So. You, you may want to run the dishwasher like on empty first just to get the soap flavor out, right? Or else mm. it can taste like a soapy salmon. Well, you don't put any soap in and you wrap it in enough tinfoil that nothing can penetrate it. Oh, so okay. the water doesn't get on it. Okay. I think what Zach is saying is you have it left over from the last one, so maybe you want to have a, a, go, a, rinse, a, a rinse go round of the dishwasher after you wash your dishes, and then you put the salmon in, just to be sure. Seems wasteful. <laughs> from Antonio Acosta, another Titans positive test. At this rate, they definitely can't play. At what point does the NFL halt the season and plan a bubble system? Yesterday, Gilmore tested positive less than 36 hours after meeting Mahomes at midfield. If Mahomes were to test positive or another marquee player like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, is that what it would take? Uh, I hear people claiming the Titans should forfeit, but that is unfair to the teams not on Tennessee's schedule. Buffalo gets a free win that can leapfrog them over the Patriots for the division championship or say Indy for the last playoff spot. My ulterior motive is a 60-day stoppage. Let's say we let's get Vaughn, AJ Boye, Fant, and others healthy. 21-day self-quarantine uh, with some type of testing for all players and staff. Everyone reports to the bubble city, receives testing, is permitted to resume team activities. Five-week team activities to be uh, certain players are ready to resume a high level of play, maybe organize scrimmages, and then restart the season. An Easter Sunday supervisor and everyone rejoices with Locke winning his first title, but the Colorado kid, Philip Lindsay, will be the game's MVP. Go Broncos. <laughs> it would certainly be good for the Broncos taking a 60-day break and then mm-hmm. having Super Bowl on Easter. I mean, that, then you're talking about uh, potentially having all the pro boys except for Court and Sutton back. Yeah. Uh, as to your main question, what's it going to take to get a bubble system? Nothing and everything at the same time. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be really, really bad. And then if it's really, really bad, are they even going to be able to do that? I don't know. Yeah, the, it's got, the, yeah. Bu- the bubble system that I could see is each team being in their own bubble. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's happening either. And the thing is, to do that, I, I don't think they're even going to each team in their own bubble without truncating the season a little bit, even though you obviously want to maximize the money. I think that's one where the Players Association might say, yeah, you know, we're – we're not necessarily signing on for three mo- for three months in a bubble here. Right. Or four months if you go to the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. Junior Pancake. RK mentioning sugar water yesterday reminded me of an infamous scene from the original Men in Black when the bug lands and takes over Edgar and Farmer. Uh, Edgar the Farmer then walks into his house and immediately requests sugar and water. Completely off topic, but gave me a good laugh. I feel like it's um, slightly topical about a – bug landing on someone and taking over their body (laughs) oh man a little more civil of a debate last night (laughs) that was nice to see i like to be able to see two people talking at different times oh i don't know i mean the the clips i saw they were still talking over the moderator there was no control over them i'm glad i just watched some of the after stuff and not the actual debate i mean it's they they still need to actually mute the damn mic when they hit their limit period i'm with you have you, to, you have to you have to do that until the be until the ill behavior is corrected period I, i'm with you on that but there was definitely less talking over each other you know what i have so little interest in politics 
almost all the time but something about debates really gets me going i really <laughs> like watching. it's like it's like a really really good television to me to watch this because it's the closest thing to sports in politics yeah, it's competition exactly. and there's a there's a perceived winner and loser the problem the problem is it's a perceived winner and loser not a clear winner and loser nobody you know that's i I've mean been, yeah you, you two different sides of the aisle and you get two different perspectives on this I've been workshopping a tweet about that. Like, what if sports were like debates? We didn't keep score. And then at the end of the game, everyone just yelled about how their team won. <laughs> Boy, that'd be something else. <laughs> uh, from Bleed Orange Blue since 82. I would like to start by saying part of this community, uh, being part of this community is truly appreciated. And I want to thank y'all for all that you do. I had a thought about a segment or question I would like to ask you uh, before each Broncos game, if it goes well. Here it is. What is your true lock for the game? Not Drew Locker, true lock. Uh, what is something you're extremely confident will happen in this game? For example, if I asked you last week, you, you might have said we'll see a pick six. So let's hear it, gentlemen. What is your true lock? Well, I definitely wouldn't have said a pick six is a true lock. That's more like a 58-yard field goal, uh, which we, of course, <laughs> do on Fridays. But um, my, my true lock of the game this week is that Jerry Judy will have more than five catches. All right. Mine is, I have a caveat. If Cam Newton doesn't play, the Broncos will have at least as many takeaways as they have in the first four games of the regular season. Mm, I like That'd that. That'd be two. Man. True lock. I'm going to say – I'm going to go Jerry Judy as well. He has his best game of his career. Nice, nice. Cleon Pack 93 longtime listener and frequent commenter. You can't call a cheesecake a cheese pie because in the New York, New Jersey area, if you ask for a cheese pie, they will give you a cheese pizza. It's old school Brooklyn lingo. <laughs> yes, you're right. I didn't think about uh, pies yeah. in a pizza way, but you're right. <laughs> All right. We've got a boar here from LDJ. I'll try to tackle it. He says, uh, this is going to be a long one here. He says, the fan sucks, and I like Stoke and Zach, but damn, relax. The day Vaughn got hurt, my spirit was broken and my heart dropped, not because we lost Vaughn for potential of the year, but because we knew the contract was steep and he needed to prove being worth that next year. If I knew that as a fan, Vaughn 100% knows that. TBH, I have empathy that you're a journalist and want to ask the important questions, and Vaughn could have handled it better, but Stoke spent hours on Twitter last night trying to explain his position uh, – if you have to do that, Stoke, you are wrong, bro. Uh, I struggle trying to find anyone on that radio station that shouldn't be GMs because they know what's right, supposedly. Dear the fan, DeMar Dotson played well and looks better than Elijah, SMH. Ezra Cleveland and Josh Jones have yet to get on the field for the Cardinals and Vikings. This is classic LDJ, like knowing everything <laughs> that every media member has ever said. Michael Ojemudia is playing extremely well compared to the other rookie corners, and the season is still young for KJ, Albert Ochocinco, etc. You guys slander the team from the Bullens all the way down to Deontay Spencer every day, and then you wonder why Vaughn, who you all thought should be traded, hangs up on you when you ask that question, SMH. Vaughn Miller, for me and my generation, is only second to John L.A. and top Broncos of all time, and they got what they deserved, in my opinion, because as long as we lose, that's how they keep their ratings um, the mandate is to piss off fans so they tune in to debate you. That's the mantra of that radio station. And they aren't even that discreet about it. They bask in it and are snug about it. I love Stoke and Zach, but they dropped the ball. And all this is to say I'm grateful and love my subscription to DNVR. Just tell me the truth about the team. Don't, in, 
spoke implicit bias to support your narrative. It's annoying. Thank you for all you guys do. And thank you for always commenting, LDJ. We love that you're a part of our community. And, man, is Deontay Spencer the lowest person on the Broncos totem pole from the Bowens to Deontay Spencer? <laughs> tough, tough scene for Deontay Spencer. Uh, I appreciate you, LDJ, and I thought that was a very um, – Fair take. I think you, you know, you uh, acknowledge that you like those guys. You acknowledge that they think you think they were wrong, and uh, I think you're completely uh, within your right. It's your your rights to do that. And I hope you know everyone who's a member of this family understands that you know we shoot you straight. We give our straight up opinion on it, and I think that the the opinion is very nuanced. I'm I I I support both sides all the way up into the point where Von Miller just didn't handle himself as well as he could have. And I think that he probably even in retrospect would admit that. Yeah. And I love here that we're able to have different uh, opinions and views and still respect each other and have a nice conversation about it. So thank you all for that. Andy reads burner. You guys want a great and entertaining commenter in the booth. Drum roll, please. Brandon Perna unfiltered on PPV broadcasting all Monday night games. Even if only Colorado people watched for I th- watched for him, I think you could still hit the million watcher mark. Fifteen dollars a game, hit let that magic two hundred and forty million dollar mark, and you'd only have to pay him in lawnmower three pointos. I can just imagine how he would commentate on something like the Alexander Johnson sack that he had on uh, Sam Darnold live. Cheers. Okay, okay. Like the, there is one thing I have to say. Um, I, I appreciate that, and I, I get where you're going, but. You're at if only Colorado people watched, you'd have to have a million of five point seven five million people in Colorado that signed up for this. I'm not sure that's realistic. Yeah, I would tough. say that one out of every five people in Colorado is a diehard Brandon Perna stand. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All the way from the Bolins to Deontay Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, God peed. Yes, God peed. <laughs> Uh, final one here from Michal Vaughn. Wow. Would Peyton have answered that way? Would Vaughn's off season spirit animal MJ have answered that way? The media is going to ask these types of questions. The way you answer will shed a line on your character SMH. And, and again, very just polar opposites in people's reactions to this. And, uh, I'll say, I, I think, you know, we'll start the show. I finish the show. I, I really do understand all sides of this i understand people being mad at the question i understand people being mad at vaughn i understand it all i have my own opinion on it which is somewhere in the middle that like i just said where i just wish vaughn would have deflected the question in a better way um and we didn't even mention like that's something that people have brought up which i think actually is important in the conversation so we'll finish here uh stokely did say vaughn should be traded uh he's He's beat that drum a few times, and there is a potential here that Vaughn took issue with that and has his own inherent bias against that radio show because of that. And, again, Vaughn's a human, so that is a, that would be understandable if he didn't like that. But, again, he also agreed to go on that radio show to promote something that he was looking for. So it's another layer of this that has more than one layer to it um and because of that i hope that uh you know everyone can just wipe their hands 
and move on. Although I do know that there's going to be 50 more comments about this on the next podcast, because <laughs> this is one of the, you know, sometimes we get into like really nuanced debates on this show that the commenters comment about it. We respond to the commenters, the comments <laughs> respond to those comments. And so this one's going to go on for a while. Uh, and that's because it's, it's drama. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, that's something that people want to talk about. So um Hopefully you guys respect uh, our opinions on it. I know I I do understand and respect all of your opinions on it. I can try to explain to you why I might disagree with part of it, but I think that's, again, what what makes this community special. It's very different from Twitter where everyone is just screaming at each other most of the time. Yeah, and that's what I love about this community is we can have those respectful debates where we listen to each other. But, I mean, if we want to deflect uh, from from this topic in the comment section, we can just – we can talk about Patrick Mahomes again. That that one seemed to come up and never leave. (laughs) Please, no. I kid, I kid. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're the best damn dentist in the metro area. They're family owned. They are diehard Colorado sports fans. They're DNVR members just like you. Uh, and so supporting them is supporting us and, uh, and vice versa. So when you need some work done, head on down to Green Mountain Dental Group. But for today, for what I assume will in one way or another be polarizing, yet I hope respectful uh, podcast and response, we'll talk to you guys later.